This is CliffCentral.com. It's time for the money shot, right? It is indeed, Gareth. All right, here's the, here's the song that you wait for in the morning to know what's going on. And I heard this is how Anthea actually wakes up in the morning. This is her alarm clock. It is. Clock. Yeah, her, her alarm actually goes off with this song. Her ringtone. Here she is. Anthea Gardner. She works hard for your money. Good morning, Anthea. Good morning, Gareth. What's happening? How was your weekend? Um, the weekend was okay. Um, yeah, just okay. Nothing exciting, I'm what, afraid. You didn't do anything fun like bungee jump or horseback ride or skydive oh. or deep sea dive or ski down a mountain, no? No, not this weekend. When are you off to France? Very dull. Still no plans, eh? Oh, I know. Anthea, I really we am live just working too hard you. for my money. <laughs> so <laughs> the hard. most annoying thing is that all my friends have gone off and I haven't joined them. Damn. Girl really is working hard for her money, I tell you. Yes. All right. So tell me about what's happening in your world of working hard for your money. Okay. So what do we need Friday, to pay attention to? Global markets, we started the day stronger. Um, we had some nice positive Chinese manufacturing data. And then somehow, even the U.S. opened strongly despite pretty much disappointing non-farm payrolls number. Um, the print was 156,000 jobs were created for the month of August. We were expecting 180,000. Wage growth was constant, so it stayed the same at 2.5% year on year. We were expecting 2.6%. So, of course, this made the dollar um, strengthen, uh, sorry, weaken initially. And then after our market closed, somehow the dollar started strengthening again. But of course, the stronger rand kept our market in check. <coughs> we had a couple of companies giving updates. The first of them, Discovery, uh, they released a trading statement saying that operating profit would be up between 8 and 12%. Normalized headline earnings per share up 5 to 8%. Now, th- these are not Okay, these are not bad numbers for, but, but for discovery, I think they're a little bit disappointing. You know, it's now on a forward price earnings ratio of 17 times. We hold discovery through RMI, which is the Rand Merchant Insurance business. Uh, It's more like the investment business, I should say. They also hold asset managers and a couple of other things. Um, to hold discovery or not to hold discovery? I mean, it's, it's a how's difficult it performed, to How has it performed like over the last year or two? Is it? It's been pretty flat, actually. The share yeah. price, you mean. Yeah, it's been pretty yeah. flat. And so market growth is just not there kind of, you know, it's, it's missing. I'll tell you what, though. Discovery Card now makes 200 million rand a year in profit. And if you want a comparison, Nedbank's capital uh, payments, sorry, their transactions and their card m- business makes revenue, not profit, of 800 million rand per year. So Discovery have fast caught up with kind of the, wow. the the other banks, if you like. And I think you're going to see a nice change kind of when they launch the bank, the Discovery Bank, because you know they've applied for the license, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to use all that data they've collected from us, you know, those people who have uh, Apple Watches and Discovery cards and all sorts of nonsense. And they're going to implement or use that in the bank. I do think, though, they're not going to be a Capitec. So Capitec going for the lower end of the market. I think Discovery is going to go for your higher end banking customers. All right. But it should it should show some nice uh, revenue generation and profit making abilities. And then the other one, Mr. Price, they reported first quarter 
no, sorry, they reported full year results um, or gave us an update. Cash sales up 6.3%, credit sales up 5, 5.4% now. Again, not bad result, and we need to compare it to previous. So the previous year we had cash sales up 3%, credit sales down 7%. And you know that we've had a problem with Mr. Price, right? They just haven't managed to get themselves going again. Mm-hmm. They had a After one doing so well for so long. For decades, not yeah. not just so long, like decades. Um, they had a couple of bad buying seasons where they bought the wrong thing. And then they've got international competition. You know, they've got Zara, they've got H&M coming in. They've got yep. all all these foreign brands t- are really eating their lunch, as we say. So I think another interesting one, because it potentially could mean a turnaround. The only business that was really bad, so apparel was good, but the business that was bad was home sales, which declined 1%. And we were expecting at least a positive number. And we know that the consumer's under pressure and that things are difficult. Um so at least they're growing. They're back to a growth phase, I should say. I mean, we're expecting some good results from that. Must them. be a relief for them. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I would say it's difficult, you know, when you're the darling of the market, and they have been the darling of the market. Mm. They're, they're the one share we we say is always perfectly priced or priced to perfection, I should say, because it always seems expensive, and then it grows into its earnings. Except last year when it didn't. All right. Stellar Capital, we need to talk about. Yeah, can we? Yeah, because they report. Everybody wants to know what's happening over there. Yeah, so they released results for the seven months last week. Um, The share after the results was up 7%, so of course you think it was a good one. Um, The sum of the parts valuation is now 1 Rand 24. The share is trading at about, uh, last time I checked, 76 cents or something. So in other words, at about a 40% discount, the two businesses that are really their cash cows, one, Prescient, which is the asset management business doing exceptionally well. They've now successfully concluded the acquisition of 48.8% of Prescient. Prescient um, now has assets under management of 83 or 829 Billion rand compared to the pre compared to March's March last year, sorry, of seventy four point two billion rand. So a nice twelve percent increase there. Really, that that you know that's what it's all about in asset management. It's assets under management. Of course, right. Prescient also does administration, and the assets under administration increased by twenty seven percent to two hundred and twenty two mm. billion rand. Now the thing with the difference between assets under management and assets under administration. Is really in pricing. So asset managers will charge, and I'm not sure what Prescient's average cost of management is, but it could be anything between 85 and 1.2, 85 basis points and 1.25%. Whereas assets under administration, you're talking like 0.1%. So the margins, very different, very tight. All right, but that's not a bad indicator. Not at all. No, no, no. no. They're doing, that's a great, like they're doing very well. Um, and then the other business is a business called Amacor, which is in electronics and security manufacturing. Again, quite a nice result. EBITDA was up 12%. It, it's just a nice, good cash generative business. Question, what to do with Stellar shares? Yeah, because the share price is not going very much higher. Well, we've held it down. So we've held it all the way down. I say this is not the time to sell, I'm afraid. Really? Yeah, Really? Really, really. Well, I suppose if we if we sell now, you're just banking a loss, right? Yeah. And if you're patient and it goes increases, well then. So I think what we really need with Stella is a turn in the economy, and that's not going to happen overnight. 
Okay. I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Stick to it. Yeah. Okay, what else? And then we had two C- two fairly prominent CEOs resign on Friday. One was uh, Pioneer Foods, Phil Rue, big shock surprise. He said he was resigning as of the 1st of October. He's been CEO for three years now. He's being replaced by Tertius Carstens. It, it was a shock. The share price was down 7.5% on Friday. Is he Friday. quite well known? Is he quite a sort of big deal? Yes. And he's done really well um, with uh, Pioneer Foods. And not only that, but they're in what we thought. We were speculating that there was going to be some sort of acquisition. But when your CEO suddenly leaves, then you must know that that says a lot about whether or not the acquisition is going to take place, right? Because what you want is somebody who's leading the acquisition surely should follow through and it should be a good thing that's like leaving in the middle of the sorry it's like leaving in the middle of the marriage um yes exactly you when you plans for a holiday together there you go that's exactly what it is good analogy oh i like that <laughs> and then the other ceo who was i think this is i'm not sure this was resignation this was more like mutually agreed um uh, was new look which is owned by Brait. And John Nodders said, um, in, um, New Look is embarking on a new phase of development, and so it was an appropriate time to change leadership. So that's interesting because one of the problems with Brait has been this New Look share. You know, it's the retailer, clothing retailer in the UK, um, which we had big hopes for. But after Brexit, consumers became more conservative and they had struggled to get more access to capital. Their bonds were trading at fairly high yields, which means dangerously in junk territory. And we were looking for New Look really to expand outside the UK borders. Um, so the fact that the New Look CEO has also left might actually be a good thing in this case. Okay. And then there's one last thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about Yanni Mutan. I don't know if you saw this, but he donated a billion rand of his PSG shares into a trust. I mean, you know his story, right? He, I mean, he hardly spoke any English when he started kind of his working career. He pretty much got to the top of the stockbroking pyramid, as they call it. You know, mm-hmm. he was like a very well done. And then about 10 months before his 50th birthday, his partners fired him. And there's a, you, you must read his book. It's a really good book. It's called, and then they fired me because he really was stuck. He didn't know what he was going to do. And being fired, he claims, led to making his 200 billion rand fortune. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, so you know, he's the guy behind PSG, behind Capitec, behind Cura. And those together make up his 200 billion rand fortune. He's also been called the Bura Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think this, I think this is just the start. So in an interview, Yanni Mutan said that he decided to give his money away, at least 50% of his money over the next, I don't know, couple of years. No, in fact, not like fairly soon. Um, because he saw Warren Buffett in an interview and when he was asked about, you know, his charitable donations and giving all his money away, he had the smile on his face. I mean, the things that make people do what they do. So he was inspired by Warren Buffett and he still got another 11 billion rand worth of PSG shares, which I think he'll move into his charitable trust very soon. So what, what's the point of this trust? I mean, is this a – because a lot of people would say, oh, well, cynically, it's just a way to avoid tax or – you know what's the what's the real what's the upshot for him mm. to do mm. this, and what's the upshot for anyone who is a beneficiary of this trust? 
Um, I'm not sure, actually. I think it just makes him feel better. I think he feels it's the right thing to do. He's worked hard. He's, I think he's about 70 now. Well, what an Maybe. interesting dude. Yeah, very interesting. I, You know, these trusts, you, you've got to wait and see. I think he'll stay with one of his big um, things in life is education. So I think it will be for education and changing the way All right. kind of South Africa operates. And he says there isn't a trust like it currently in South Africa. Patrice Motsepik... Uh, uh, agreed or committed to give away most of his money But I think it was to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation And not to a South African trust, am I correct? I'm not Nobody sure knows. Yeah. Do you want to hear an arbitrary Useless fact for the morning? Yes <laughs> Yanni Mutan's children are called Yan Pit and Charity <laughs> Oh that's cool Well his good for daughter. them yeah. So there you go, from the goodness of his heart Nice. There, yeah. see, the, this is where people always demonize uh, someone who's done really well, and especially someone like him who's really done it all himself. You could say what you like about you know rich people who are mean and and selfish and greedy and all that kind of thing, and and often they are portrayed that way. And I think it's just complete nonsense. What you've got to do is you've got to remember to separate the corrupt and the productive from each other. They are very very different people. Mm-hmm. Corrupt people take from something and add nothing. Productive people add a huge amount and then they take some afterwards. That's oh, that's very good. And and you know a lot of a lot of us who feel oh we're not as lucky. It's just plain resentfulness because we're not as rich. And you've got to look in, into your in, in your mirror in the morning and figure out whether or not you're just a resentful, sad, angry person because it's not you, or wh- whether you actually care to try and change your own life and make it that way yourself. Not everybody will, by the way. And, and there's a lot of criticism about capitalists, right? But you can't give away until you've made it. So. Yeah, there's also a reason why capitalist countries seem to be the ones that everyone wants to go and live in. And that even in capitalist countries, the poor live better than they ever have under any other system. Yeah. By degrees of magnitude, I will add. So anybody who says, and there's a lot of crap going around, particularly among academics, about how bad capitalism is. You know, since the 2008 crash and all of that stuff, people say, oh, well, look at greedy capitalists, look at Goldman Sachs, look at these people. Fact is that even in the most capitalist, and we do not have any pure capitalist economies in the world, a lot of them are hybrids. Um, even in the most capitalist economies you could find, Ben mentioned Singapore earlier, about as capitalist as it gets, you find happier poor people and better off poor people than in any country where they supposedly care about the poor and they pretend to be socialists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Venezuela, Cuba, Angola, the former Soviet Union. Try most of the Eastern Bloc countries and look at how well they've done since they've been opened up. So bring me an example, I dare you. All right, Anthea, thank you very much. My pleasure. We'll cool. on that good news story. Yeah? This is CliffCentral.com.